Good morning. My goodness, that's loud. <clears throat> well, it's good to see everybody here today. Beautiful day. Sun shining. Grass is dying. <laughs> Don't have to mow anymore this year. Birds are shining and the sun's are singing. Something like that, right. Ah. Not much in the way of announcements this morning. Uh, we are having the uh, Bible study this afternoon or this evening at uh, five o'clock, and the subject will be kings, the good, the bad, and the prophet Daniel. So that'll uh, be interesting to hear what that's all about tonight. And the uh, book club didn't know we had one, did you? They'll be meeting. Uh, Starting at 10 o'clock every other Wednesday, and, and uh, their next meeting will be on the 26th of January. The, uh, that, uh, and that's uh, co-ed, isn't it? Yeah, it's not not just a women's club. So, uh, any fellas want to uh, want to read a book? Well, go ahead. Fresh winds, fresh fire. Okay. Jim Simba. Jim Simba. Okay. okay, and books are available where? Kathy's got them. Okay. Anything else going on, Mitch, that we ought to know about? No. Fire department? Nope. Kathy has something. Produce on the table bag. Those oranges are good. Well, thank you. <laughs> Use a different copier. Did. Hmm? Yeah. yeah, we've got some uh, got some changes going on out in the uh, in the other building, and uh, soon. Soon, we hope, we'll have our uh, our handicapped restroom ready to, ready to go. Now, the only thing we have to do is find some place to put the rest of the stuff that came out of that room. But we'll make it. God is good. All the time. He is indeed. Let's turn to uh, page 27. Number, hmm? Am I going to, of course I'm going to do birthdays, would you? <laughs> you think I'd forget? Uh, birthdays this week. Anybody? If anybody followed the Warriors and the Warriorettes yesterday, Gene Rogers turned 95. Gene Rogers was 95. Yesterday? Yes. Yesterday. I remember uh, when the girls, <clears throat> girls won the state championship several years ago. Gene was one of their better cheerleaders. And I uh, never saw a man that old get that high off the floor with both feet. <laughs> oh, what about anniversaries? Nope. Then let's turn to number 27. The words may look strange, but you sung the, uh, the tune every, uh, every Thanksgiving. We praise thee, O God, our Redeemer. Let's stand and sing. 
thing in all my life is loving you. in prayer, please. Our Father in God, we are so grateful, Lord, for all the gifts that you've given. 
And truly, Lord, the greatest thing in our life is loving, serving you, knowing you. Lord, help us this morning to know you more, to love you more, and to serve you more. Lord, we do hope and pray that we can truly be effective servants for you, growing your kingdom, because so many are lost today. So many, if they died right now, would go to hell. So Lord, help us be busy about your work. And we ask that you help this morning by encouraging our hearts, lifting us above all the challenges of this life. Lord, fill us with your love, with your mercy and your grace as we worship in Jesus' name. Our Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 257, Near the Cross.
Wayne Morris has our communion meditation this morning. Good morning. morning. Uh, Recognizing value. I had a friend of mine that showed me this lump of coal one time. And uh, I said, what is that? He said, I bought this at an auction. He said, I paid $2,500 for this piece of coal. And then he went on to tell me the story that it was from the wreck of the Titanic. So, I mean, the value is whatever someone will pay for it. How do we determine the value of something? Some people are willing to pay quite a lot for an item that's practically worthless to others. That's the whole idea behind Garage sales, yard sales. We've all heard the expression, one person's junk is another person's treasure. A coin can be worth thousands of dollars, a painting by Picasso millions. You see, value really is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. What is our own worth? I suspect that far too many of us don't have a high enough sense of our own value. If it's true that the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay, consider the price God paid for you. He was willing to allow his son to be tortured in the hope that you might respond to that love. Doesn't that sound like he considers us great value? We should not be surprised if the world doesn't understand the value each of us has in the sight of God. In a sense, I I still don't understand why he considers me worth it. But as we take the Lord's Supper, we are confronted again with the undeniable reality of his love for us. We don't have to understand that love. All we need to do is accept it. And if we do, the power of that love can begin to transform our lives. As we begin to partake of the Lord's Supper, remember that the only one who counts and believes that you are valuable indeed, and he showed it by dying on the cross for us. Let us pray. Father, thank you for another Lord's Day and allowing us to assemble here. Be with us now as we come to the table in remembrance of your son that died for our sins. Be with us as we partake of the bread of his body and the juice of his blood that was shed for remission of all of our sins. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a few moments just to sit and bask in God's glory and his love.
when Jesus and his disciples met in the upper room to celebrate the Passover dinner. <laughs> Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And after they had eaten, Jesus took the cup and blessing it, passed it to them, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Stand for the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus is Lord of all. Number 429. All my tomorrows, all my past, Jesus is Lord of all. I've quit my struggles, contentment at last, Jesus is Lord of all. Oh, 
be seated. Somebody give me a number. Eight. 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 Somewhere between seven and nine, isn't it? Which would? Never mind, he's back. No, he's not. Hmm. I'm an imposter. All right, well, get, get your impossible self up here then and give us a special. Is it moving when people talk? Then okay. Guess it was. I didn't get it. I thought I did. Good afternoon. that there is no secret. You know, in the message this morning, we're going to be talking about a, a demon-possessed man and Jesus casting out the demon, bring healing. So the song this morning, It Is No Secret. The chimes of time Ring out the news, another day is through. Someone slipped and fell, was that someone you? You may have longed for added strength, your courage to renew. Do not be disheartened, for I bring hope to you. It is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. There is no night, for in his light you'll never walk alone. Always feel at home wherever you may roam. There is no power can conquer you while God is on your side. Just take him at his promise. Don't run away and hide it is no secret 
what God can do, what is done for us, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Are you ready for him to do for you what he's done for others? He has healed many. He has blessed many in many ways. And he wants to do that for you and me. All right. So we're continuing on here in Gospel of Mark. We're still in chapter 1. And uh, beginning at verse 21. It says, They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure or evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, and he came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Wow. So he just recruited his first disciples. We saw their proper response was immediate. They got up. They came, they left, they followed him. They left behind their careers, they left behind their family, and they just came and they followed him. Now they're moving on, and we don't know exactly how much time has passed, but it's uh, enough time for them to travel to Capernaum, and it's the Sabbath day, probably the next or nearest Sabbath to when these other events happened. And he went into the synagogue. Now, here is something that you have to realize is that in that day and age, and I think still to this day in Jewish custom, if a visiting rabbi comes into the temple or the synagogue, they are asked if they would like to teach. They are given that privilege and that honor. So Jesus come in. He's recognized as a rabbi. Already, he's just starting his ministry, but he's already recognized as a rabbi. And the rabbi that normally would teach here at this synagogue takes the seat and hands the 
privilege to Jesus as a visiting rabbi. Well, they got more than they bargained for. (laughs) First of all, it says that Jesus' teaching was different than the other teachers of that day, the teachers of the law. Now, we call them scribes sometimes in the Bible, but they did much, much more than just write down the words. They also were the experts at interpreting that writing. They were the interpreters of the law. And it makes sense if you think about it. Those who record the words are most likely to be the ones to best understand it. Uh, But here you have this uh, instance where we're told how differently the approach is in the teaching. He taught with authority, it says, not like these teachers of the law. Well, what was the difference? Well, we hear... In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, but I say, but I say. Now, the teachers of the law in that day, and as far as I know, to this day, there is no minister who speaks that way. If they do, they're considered arrogant. Uh, What we often say is, I read from so-and-so, some commentator, some theologian said this, Uh, That was the same method that the teachers in that day used. They would say, Rabbi so-and-so said this, and another rabbi said this. But we're not 100% sure, but I personally agree with this one. Not Jesus. Jesus just said, this is the way it is. He didn't have to quote anybody else. He didn't have to use any references from anybody else. Why? Because he's God in the flesh. He knows the truth. And so he was sharing from what he knows is the right way. What is the truth? And as a result of this authority being put on display as a, as a matter of here is Jesus. Now, this is another thing that we see throughout the the, uh, days of of Jesus and the days of of his apostles is that they both proclaimed the word of God and the power of God and then they demonstrated it through the miracles that happened. So there was no question that these people had some kind of authority. They had some kind of backing that they seen things happen that normally did not happen. And it came from someplace. It either came from heaven or from hell, and you had to determine that for yourself. Guess what? You still do. (laughs) And so as he was teaching this with authority, all of a sudden, a man in the synagogue who has a demon cries out. And what's he doing? Well, first of all, you have to recognize he's disrupting the teaching of the truth. That's something the devil always wants to do, folks. 
He wants to stop the truth from being heard. If a minister is not preaching the exact word of God, he will not be bothered that much by demons. But when you are preaching and teaching the truth of God, it's not my authority, it's not anyone's authority other than Jesus' authority. It's the Holy Spirit that is communicating the truth to you. And when that truth is coming through, the devil wants to do anything he can to prevent you from receiving that truth. Or if you do receive it, to prevent you from accepting it, believing it, and applying it to your life. You remember all the different types of soil uh, that Jesus taught about? Well, where did those different types of soil come from? It's the soil that has been infected with demonic influence. And the one that was the one that did so well was the one that was believing in faith the truth and applying it to their life and not allowing demonic influence to stop it. That's the difference. You know, one of the reasons why the scripture says that when we get to heaven, it's a place of rest. Why is it a place of rest? Because we're done fighting the devil. We're done fighting the flesh. We're done fighting the world. So we get to rest. (laughs) We can finally just live in peace. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for it today. (laughs) I'm tired of this knee hurting too. (laughs) I'm ready. But this demon-possessed man, what he says is, what do you want with us? He doesn't say me. He says us. Why does he say us? Well, it could be that he means me and the man I'm infecting. (laughs) Or it could mean that there's many demons in this one man. We don't really know for sure. But it could be either of those things. And then he calls him Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, (laughs) you would think that Jesus would say, Oh, yeah, he recognizes who I am. See, folks, this is who I am. Nope, that's not his response. Why? Because if a liar is the one that's standing up for you, what does that say about you? (laughs) Uh, You know... There's such a thing as character witness in court. And every time you have someone come that is a character witness for you, and they're a known liar or cheater or whatever, it always comes out. And then their word means nothing. Once people realize who this person is that is saying, Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there. I saw the whole thing. They're like, yeah, you said that in this court and that court and that court, and it wasn't true then either. (laughs) Now, in this case, what the demon is saying is true, but the source matters. And also, Jesus is not ready for people to just automatically hear from another source who he is. He wants us to believe for ourselves. He wants us to learn it from him. And to learn it in such a way that we believe it and we follow him. 
So his answer to this demonic possessed man, and actually he's talking to the demon, not to the man, because it's the demon that's talking to him. He says, be quiet, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. Wow. So here we are in the middle of church. And all of a sudden, this person starts talking crazy, starts challenging the pastor, and, and is, is calling you out, calling you names, cursing, cursing Jesus. And someone goes over and says, Be quiet. Come out of him, evil spirit. (gasps) And the person collapses. Does that happen? You bet it does. I've seen it. (laughs) I've actually been a part of that. There are, to this day, evil spirits that possess people. Only rather than calling them possessed... They have different ways of describing it. But the thing is, when these people saw that, this is not something they were accustomed to. They were not used to that kind of authority. They'd already heard his authority being spoken through his message that he was preaching. But they're not used to someone just telling a demon, you got to do this and they do it. You know, they had people who did these uh, ceremonies to cast out demons. And it took sometimes weeks, months, at minimum days, to go through this process of getting a demon to leave someone. And often they failed. They were not able to do it. Why? Because they did not have the authority of Jesus Christ. That's one of the major advantages that we have today, folks. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus living in us. We've been granted his authority to use to grow his kingdom. And sometimes that means casting out evil spirits. There's only two kinds of spirits in the Bible. Evil spirits and the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a human spirit, but the human spirit is influenced by one of these, one or the other. If you're not a Christian, guess which one you're influenced by. And the moment that you begin to hear the gospel and you think that you want to repent, you want to get right, that evil spirit is saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to do that. You don't, don't listen to these fools. You don't, want to, you don't want to follow that. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to come to Jesus. Because they have demonic influence that is trying their best to keep them into their kingdom. It's a battle. It's a spiritual war that we have been given or delegated authority from our commander-in-chief. And he tells us to go out and conquer. Bring 
more into my kingdom, grow my kingdom, grow the area of my influence. And we see here, Jesus himself is demonstrating for us the authority and the power that is available through the Holy Spirit. And the people were so amazed, so impressed with this, that it says they went out and apparently talked to everybody they could find and telling them about what they just witnessed when they were in the synagogue. Say, this guy, this rabbi, you wouldn't believe what he said and what he did. <laughs> we saw it with our own eyes. And I would think that this would have an influence on people wanting to know Jesus more. Wanting to know him more completely. Who is this man? Why is he able to do this? What causes him to be so different from everything and everybody else that we know? And that's why they were so amazed. And that's why they started asking each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. (laughs) I mean, they were just beside themselves. They couldn't grasp What's going on here? Because it's so much different than what they're accustomed to. You know, when the apostles preached, it was very similar. They were given an ability to tell the truth so boldly, so plainly, and so clearly that a little child understood it. And people were amazed because all of the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of their teaching at best was confusing. (laughs) Now, there are people who literally use the scriptures to keep people confused on purpose. Why? Because then you have to come to me to understand it. I'm the only one who can tell you what that means. That's a cult. (laughs) That's a cult and a cult leader. These people are hearing things they've never heard before. It's put so plainly and in such plain English that they're like, wow, even I can understand this. You know, when the first Bibles were written in the language of the people, The people reading those Bibles for the first time, the ones who could read, (laughs) when they were reading the Bibles for the first time, they were so amazed. They were like, well, why didn't the preacher ever tell me this? I I never knew this. Why, Why hadn't I been taught this? And now we have Bibles in abundance. And it's one of the least read books There is one of the most popular that sells, but one of the least read. Think about that. Everybody wants one sitting around their house, but, you know, the devil keeps you too busy to have time to sit down and read it. Well, I got to read the newspaper. Well, I got this novel I'm reading. Well, I got to watch my favorite show. Well, I got to do this. I got to go out and work in the yard. I got... Folks, until we determine and schedule a time to spend with God intentionally, 
we're not going to ever do it. The devil will see to it. And even when you schedule a time, he will have somebody come knock on your door or your phone will ring or something. And you have to just be determined, nope, sorry, this is my time with the Lord. Is it easy? Nope. But over time, it gets easier. Once you make it a habit, once you make it a part of your life, then it just kind of becomes natural. But again, the devil will still try to say, well, you know, you know all that. You don't need to look at that again. How many times are you going to read this? As many as it takes, because every time I read it, I get something more out of it. Every time. It's like, how did I miss that? (laughs) It's right there in black and white, literally. (laughs) And I missed it. But what a lot of that boils down to is the things that we need as we need it is opened up to us. When we learn something new in the scripture, it will either apply to something that's going on in our life right at that time, something we just went through, or something we are about to go through. So we need to learn it. We need to pay attention to it. Sometimes I have to even write it down (laughs) because I forget. Imagine that. Have you ever woke up, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning and God's telling you something, and you're like, oh, now? Really? <laughs> Can't you wait till in the morning, Lord? <laughs> it is morning. <laughs> okay. And if I don't write it down, I forget it. I go back to sleep and wake up, and I think, wait a minute. I woke up in the middle of the night. God was telling me something. What was it? Sorry, Lord. <laughs> But Jesus is the rabbi of rabbis. He's the teacher of teachers. He is the only one who can tell us the absolute truth. And it's been recorded for us in his word. Everything is not here, folks. There is everything that that we need to know to be saved is recorded. But everything's not in here. You know how I know that? Because it says so. In Deuteronomy, it says the secret things belong to God. Now, will he share those secret things with us when we get to heaven? I don't know. I think he will. I hope he will. (laughs) I would like to know. But then again... When we get to heaven and we're made to be perfect like Jesus, we may not care to know anymore. We may just be happy with what we have and where we are. Imagine that. Wouldn't it be amazing to just be content with such as you have? (laughs) I think there's something about that in the Bible. I'm not sure, but I think there is. (laughs) Jesus can do anything. And the Bible says that without him we are nothing, but with him all things are possible. Healings can happen. Demons can be driven out. 
Whatever it takes to grow God's kingdom will happen. In essence, every time someone says yes to Jesus, they're saying no to demons. And demons are already being driven out because the Holy Spirit's moving in. And guess what? There's no room in you for both the Holy Spirit and a demon. They can't both be in charge. Demons can still try to attack you from the outside, but they can't get inside while the Holy Spirit's there. God gave us the ability to know him and to know his power intimately. We don't have to wonder if God's got our back. We don't have to wonder if he's going to help us in our time of need. You read the scripture and you will see everything he's done for everybody when they needed him. He was there. Whenever anybody called out on Jesus, he helped them. So we don't have to wonder, is Jesus here for me? We don't have to wonder, is Jesus got my back? We don't have to wonder, is Jesus going to help me in my time of need? Because in the word, we see he's always done that. That's what he is here for, to help us to become more like him. Now, if we're, uh, I, saw, I saw a movie one time where this guy, apparently he was Catholic. They were about to rob a bank, and he's putting his mask over his face, and then he's crossing himself, you know. He's praying, Lord, help me rob this bank. Sorry, it don't work that way, folks. <laughs> uh, he may make sure you get caught. <laughs> uh, but he's not going to help you do wrong. But any time that we are doing his work, he will be right there. He will be helping us. Does that mean we would never be hurt? Nope. Does that mean we would never be killed? Nope. Happens every day. But where do those people go when they die? They're immediately in his presence. I can't think of a better reward than that. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Buff. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Number 376 is our invitation hymn. Let's stand and sing. Have you been to
be seated. Not much that we haven't already touched on for the for the uh, announcements are concerned. <clears throat> 